Looking for your next spot out with family or friends? Whether you're on the east side, downtown, in Fitchburg, or at Hilldale, you're sure to enjoy one of Madison's favorite traditions. Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company, Madison's home for craft beer and pub food since 1994. Everybody, huddle up. Live from the Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company, this is the Great Dane Huddle on 100.5 ESPN. With former Badger and NFL punter Brad Nortman. Execution, not a Hawkeye in sight. Here's Alex Strofe. It is the Great Dane Huddle, a special Thursday edition, but not only because it's a special Thursday edition, it is a special edition as we are live at Gilda's Club for Gilda's Backyard Bash, the 11th annual, the fundraiser underway, the open bar open <laughs> check 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 for all three of us the silent auction and all the in-betweens coming up at gilda's club in middleton it is the great date huddle i'm alex strofe alongside two former nflers two former badgers and two of my great friends Derek angler is here angler it's the off season i get to see you what, what a special we're, we're great friends now i love it uh well we're Did a year, that happen in the off season we're a year in and you haven't kicked my ass yet so i would say we're great friends well you know what that that would qualify for one T Sala. That yes. he hasn't kissed your ass. So you're true. probably great friends with him. You gotta He's the one with get the anger this, issues. You gotta get in the circle a little bit better with me. Okay, so we're just friends then. Yeah, we're friends. All right. With my friend Derek Angler, with my great friend Brad Nortman, who's well great high, friends much much higher on my list than Derek Angler. <laughs> Brad Nortman's here too. Uh, fellas, good to see you. This is such a great event and Derek, I know I know you're here every year. Uh yeah. for Gilda's backyard bash. Yeah. Great event for great cause. Uh, always good to be out here. Love it. Um, you know, Gilded's Club uh, it means a lot to me um, and what it does for, you know, the families, uh, friends of, of, of cancer patients and how nice is this facility. And, and um, you know, uh, Cindy Alvarez and, and Barry, you know, my former coach, uh, you know, uh, a lot of money here for this uh, for this charity and, and Gilded's Club. And, and you know, I... I, I I just I, I appreciate being a part of it, and ESPN has been out here for years, and love doing the show out here. We've never been rained out. Tonight's another nice night, beautiful, beautiful night. Beautiful out, yeah, beautiful out. And Brad, and Norman. I get to do a show with Brad. Hey, hey, had you guys met before this? Never, no, and, first and, time. And, and Tarek has already done, I think, two shows with you. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. So. You made it through him. I'm, I'm, I'm a piece of cake. I made it. Yeah, it's an honor. It really is. It's it's so cool. I remember watching you guys when I was a kid. Not oh, to age God, you at dang. all, but that's a that's a compliment. <laughs> that is I, that is. I did not mean to start that off on a and uh, Brad, are you a, a tough a, foot? Hey Brad, I wasn't even alive when they played at you. Oh. So that, that makes them feel. So old. 2012, 2012, I graduated. Yeah. So okay. 08, 2011, through the so 2011 you're back season. Back to back to back, Rose Bowl. Uh, uh, runner-ups. So, wow. Um, I, <laughs> I didn't even. I didn't. I didn't even make the third one. I was in the league okay. by the third all one. Right, but that was right. a back-to-back runner-up. <laughs> the that third is one was kind of you know. Had a, yeah, that was kind of limped but, through the, yeah, yeah, on that. Yeah, yeah. But no, I cannot. I cannot have the same uh, claim that you guys do. Well, I can't champions. The, I can't champions. have the same claim as you did in the National Football League. You know what he did, Strofe, right? I uh, mean, depending I on what you're asking. I don't know. I, did you make the Pro Bowl? Um, I, I didn't make the Pro Bowl. Were you an uh, alternate or something? Because yeah. one year, I think it was like, I don't know, early in your career, I think you averaged the best in the league. Yeah, I was I was top four my second okay. year um, in, in net Like 48 gross, yards a punt. Yeah, it was. Uh, there was a couple good years in there. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was a good run. It was yeah. a good run, that's for sure. You both played in the Super Bowl. 
We've got that going yeah, for this, Again, right? runner-up on that yeah. one. Well, both of you were, but yeah. Tarek Sala can't even say he played in the Super Bowl, so you guys no. have that in common. Would you, would you trade the Rose Bowl for a Super Bowl win? Oh, that's a hell of a start wow. to the show. Whoa! <laughs> Come on. I've never been asked to, that before. Let's get to know each other. I've literally never been asked that before. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I, gotta, I, need another, I need another cold yeah. beverage here. Let's, let's get a couple Dwell more beers. Wow. I, I, I'm going to chew on that one. That, that That's tough. Because I'm in a position where I'm a... I'm known for getting to the big one and losing it. I lost state football, <laughs> state basketball, two Rose Bowls, and a Super Bowl. So I get there. And an AFC I just championship game. And an AFC championship So I, I lost. I get there. I just can't win. I understand the high school part. Lost in state. Uh, and, you know, obviously was fortunate enough. To, but I was young. You know, I was a redshirt freshman on that Rose Bowl team. So I wasn't on the field. You know, Tarek got some, some yeah. play. I mean, he got some snaps out there as a true freshman. Um, you know, but I still felt part of it. So... You know, and, and and I was part of that Super Bowl in the NFC Championship. Um, uh, unfortunately, the Super Bowl lost. But whoa, <laughs> I, I I I think I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Rose Bowl. Will you? Really? I guess I've been back here now 22 years now, yeah. in Madison. You know, and and um, I bleed, you know, Badger red. You know, and and uh, it's, it, it, it pumps through my veins. So I guess, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll take the Rose Bowl victory. Okay. Even even and I wasn't I, out there starting. I will say that I was a young buck. That was the that was the answer I was expecting yeah. because nobody is more involved with the UW. You know, 25 plus years removed than Derek Angler is. Um, still very involved this day, and I know you're gonna try to tell me I'm wrong, but <laughs> but I'm right. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, I, I figured. Now, you didn't win a Rose Bowl, so we can't ask you that question. No, I, I have no trades to make because I have no uh, no championship deposits in my bank account. Yeah. Plus, so. I mean, when you, you know, anybody that experienced that 1994 Rose Bowl and, and understand what uh, the state of Wisconsin and Badger Nation did in taking over Pasadena, literally, mm-hmm. uh, Century City. We saw them everywhere. Every, every We had a police uh, escort everywhere we went. And, and uh, we saw Badger Red, and they're all, you know, it was cold for Californians, and they're in their red and white and shorts and pasty white and loved them, you know. And, and you know, I, I just, you can't beat that, especially when you come out of the tunnel and UCLA's home stadium, and we're 80% of the stadium, red and white. Yeah, that's, so it's so iconic. Yeah. So iconic. Yeah, yeah. Amen. I'll, I'll take I'll take the Rose Bowl. I love it. I love it. Good it is answer. a special Thursday edition of the Great Day and Huddle live at Gilda's Backyard Barbecue, the 11th annual uh, you know, this is just such a great event again, and, and as I mentioned, the 11th annual. Uh, there's there's auction items, there, there's beer, there's food. It's, it's just all, all raising money for a good cause, of course, the fight against cancer. So you can learn more about everything Gildas Club is doing on their website, gildasclubmadison.org. Derek, don't lose your beer there. As our, uh, put as my a, phone down there. There you go. There Hopefully go. that helps. In the meantime, maybe we'll find a rock or a brick to put on there. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But, uh, fellas, I, I wanted to talk a little bit tonight uh, about – you know, as, as Derek alludes to him bleeding Badger Cardinal Red, you know, the expectations coming up, right? We're, we're just about, I think we're 79 days away from the opener between Bucky and, and, and Buffalo at Camp Randall on, on September 2nd. And it just seems like the expectations for the, for the Luke Fickle era in, in this upcoming season are as high as maybe they've ever been. And Luke Fickle has not officially coached the game yet, which, uh, which both worries me as a fan, but also, and rightfully so, it excites me. But the expectations just seem to be so high right away. And, and Derek, I'm curious from your perspective, because we haven't gotten to talk a whole lot the last couple of months, of, of the hype around Luke Fickle in, in this upcoming Badgers team and what you make of it. Um, well, you know, I, got, I went down, saw a couple spring practices. Um, very impressed. Uh, talked to a lot of alumni down there. Um, and, 
you know, it, it just isn't in the McLean spring practice or in Camp Randall spring practice. Uh, it's it's in the halls, it's in the building, it's in the weight room, it's in it's in everywhere is competition. And it reminds me so much, and I, I told my former coach this at Badger Desert Classic in Las Vegas, and, and, and I actually told Coach Fickle that too at the BDC and said, this reminds me of the old days. I don't care what we're doing. We're competing on and off the field. And, and you can just you feel it. The energy is there. Everything's changed. Everything has a sense of urgency. Everything is it's absolutely competitive. But it is all about unity, too, because you support your brothers, your teammates. I, I'm pretty fired up because this reminds me of the crew that came in in 1990-whatever, uh, 1990, I guess, and, and then and Coach brought over uh, Childress, Callahan, Cosgrove, I think, in 91 or 92, when I came in in 92, and, and they're all about the same age as what the staff is right now, and they're ready to flip the script and in and, and more ways than one especially offensively. Yeah, and, and just one quick thought on that, Derek, and, and, you know, that just fires me up. I'm getting the chills thinking about this upcoming season and, and all the excitement and energy around this program that's kind of been revitalized and, and repumped into this program. But if anybody's going to appreciate you saying, you know, this reminds me of the old days, this reminds me of the 90s, the juice we had with Barry Alvarez, if anybody's going to appreciate that, it's Luke Fickle, a guy that played against those teams, right, who, who played at Ohio State and played against those great Wisconsin teams. I imagine that that fires him the hell up yeah. as well. I mean, we talked, we had, we had some, we shared some stories. I mean, we locked horns. He was a nose guard. Right. We were the same year and at Ohio State. And, and um, you know, we, 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 we talked about tough matchups that we had and how uh, fiercely competitive it was and how hard-nosed and, and everything that, that Coach Alvarez and our squad brought uh, to the horseshoe uh, his senior year. And, and I think they were number two in the country. And, you know, we were, I don't know, 19, maybe more point dogs. And, you know, we should have won the game. Um, so we, you know, we had we had a good conversation about that, and it, it's it's not the, um, I mean, the, the game has changed. You know, Brad, you know this. I mean, the game has completely changed com- compared to where when I played, and even probably since obviously you played, yeah, more than a decade now. I I I think though, when you when you have that energy from your head coach, from your leader, and the staff. It trickles down, and I don't care what you're doing. I don't care what offense you're running. I don't care what defense you're running. That's that's the most important thing of all. So I mean, I, I I'm very excited. Uh, you know that that we'll see what you know. Some of these transfer kids, um, I don't know. They're pretty impressed too. I imagine. I mean, the the way the recruitment is shot up, even for future classes, right? The class of 24, the class of 25. Luke Fickle and Co. are getting out there, and, and they're getting some dogs uh, here in Madison. Brad, your, your response to the hype. I know you and I have been able to catch up about it over the last you know, couple mo- weeks and months, but there's so much juice here, yeah. and it, it, it's unlike anything I've seen. And, and Derek is you know, re- reflecting on the, the 94 team that won a Rose Bowl with Barry Alvarez, right? Like This is something we haven't seen in a long time in Madison. Well, the ironic thing about building juice and energy and buzz is what comes along with that but expectation, right? An expectation to perform and perform quickly. And that's what the challenge will be for Luke, Stif- Luke Fickle and the staff and this team is that all this buzz is being created and they're doing an incredible job at controlling the narrative and creating a culture that they want to create. 
Now, with that, that gets noticed, and then the expectations, what kind of goes back to your first question, are just going to get piled and piled on. So it's almost an, a beast of your own making, right? When you, when you do put out this marketing campaign and get these recruits and, and just make the waves that they have, well, naturally, Badger fans like us are going to say, well, let's go. Why not get a 10-win season? How about that? And the one thing I heard you say, Derek, which I, I totally agree with you, and it was reflective of my time at Wisconsin, was the word competition. Competition was everywhere, and I mean everywhere. It was grade point average for position groups. It was in the off-season weight room, putting being put together with different teams, and then different uh, competitions within your team. The you know the losing team has to show up on Saturday morning at five in the morning to check in and get a protein shake and do a run. So it, it was things like that that it was nonstop competition. And we forget that these are young men. These are young, multiple men. If you create an environment of complacency and, um, you know, inadequacy and, you know, ease, we're going to let things go, they're going to take that. That's how, that's how their mindset's going to grow. But if you create a mindset of competition, these young men are moldable beyond belief and they will create and they will gain a competitive mindset. So that's what we had. We had guys that just loved to compete, loved to get after it. And then on the field, it was second nature. You don't know anything else than to compete. You know, Brad, um, never, especially in, in my former unit, never let an offensive lineman get comfortable ever ever always walking on 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 firing broken glass that that's the way the offensive line and i would argue in the trenches on the other side the defensive line got to, to operate too you know and i felt that as a whole in the recent i don't know few years some of that was leaking through the halls. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that became apparent on the field and the production of what was going on in the field, hence two yards rushing against the University of Illinois. You know, I, I, I will tell you, though, expectations, Brad, we don't got to go far from an offensive standpoint to, to impress anybody from where we're coming from. Yeah. Defensively is where my concern is. Not my concern, I should say, just – my question, because we've been at such a high level now mm. for six years. You know, I mean, what, I mean you, cumulatively, uh, you could probably say we're top five over the past six years. Absolutely. Maybe top seven, okay, in the country. What, are, you know, we, we're going to change the whole deal now. We're going to do a, I don't know, I don't even, I don't even know what a 3 3 in the Big Ten nonetheless. You know, there's still teams, especially in the West, that pound the rock. Absolutely. So I, that's where I'm very, I'm curious, I guess. You know, I, I'm, I'm very curious to see how that transition at Wisconsin is going to take place. Offensively, you know, and I, I've, I've, I've spent some time with Longo. Um, he likes he likes balance because that's what that that's what sets defenses up, right, Brad? I mean, that, that, he likes balance. It's not going to be air raid. He knows what he has here in offensive linemen and, and, and horses behind them. So, I, you know, I, I, I truly think um, offensively we're going to be in a very, very good spot and probably reminiscent of the days you played 
Brad with 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 Russell and then and the crew. Oh yeah, I mean, that that was balance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let, yeah. Let's uh, let's dive deeper into that. Expectations for each room, right? Defensive and offensive. Let's dive a little bit deeper into that because I love that thought from Derek Angler. As we are live from Gilda's Backyard Barbecue, the 11th annual at Gilda's Club in Middleton, raising money for such a great cause and such a great event. We roll on live right after this. Derek Angler, Brad Nortman, Alex Drew with you. It is a special edition of the Great Day and Huddle live from Gilda's Backyard Barbecue. Reaction to the football weekend continues. This is the Great Dane Huddle on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Special edition of the Great Dane Huddle rolls on live from Gilda's Club in Middleton for the 11th annual Gilda's Backyard Barbecue, raising money for the fight against cancer. Great cause, great event. Uh, vibes are high here. Vibes are high. I'm Alex Strofe alongside two former Badgers, uh, my kind of friend Derek Angler, my good friend <laughs> Brad Nortman. And, fellas, we're talking Badgers expectations, right? The hype around Luke Fickle and this Badgers football team is, uh, is, is very high, as high as I ever remember it. Um, and, you know, I, I, I do worry a bit that maybe the expectations are, are too high for a team that's implementing new systems. And, and Derek, you talked last segment a little bit about the new defense, but it's still the Big Ten. Um, new quarterback. I mean, you just got a lot of new pieces, new systems. I'm a little bit worried about the expectations, but also if anybody's capable of coming into a school, shaking it up, and exceeding expectations that are already very high, I think that guy's Luke Fickle. Yeah, you know, <laughs> trust me, uh, being a former offensive lineman, uh, and you may or may not remember this, when the Badgers O-line got the cover of Sports Illustrated. I do remember that, yeah. And then they all fell on their face. Yep. I mean, that, I remember in 2000, and now I'm going back now, nine, where we had 4D linemen, Erasmus James, Antaj Hawthorne, Jason Jefferson, and Jonathan Welsh all played in the league. Yep. They had an article on them. And we were 9-0, and and they fell on their face the next week as soon as that came out. So I, I'm with you with the hype. I, it, it just is a bad omen. I don't like it. Um, I think the hype for the offense is justified. I really, truly do. Really? Well, we have a quarterback room. We have a receiver room. When's the last time that happened? Mm, it's been a while. It's been <laughs> yeah. some time. Right? Yeah. Okay, we got, we got, we got the big uglies. We got the horses. Now, now all of a sudden we got these other key chess pieces. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty fired up about what we're going to do offensively. Yeah, I, I mean, you look at a guy like Tanner Mordecai, who was just terrific last year at SMU. I, I always, you know, whenever I, I talk with somebody, I, I just refer to the 10-touchdown game Tanner Mordecai had against a ranked Houston team last year. He threw for seven and ran for three um, and beating a ranked Houston team last year as, as he uh, led SMU. I mean, the guy's good. And now he comes to a Big Ten in, 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 a, in a school that hasn't had a, uh, you know, an unbelievable quarterback or a really good quarterback since Russell Wilson over a decade ago now. So I, I think the hype around Mordecai is justified. It's just a matter of can he fit in, how's he going to do in the system, and how quickly can this team get the ball rolling. Yeah, and it's, it's unbelievable to have the type of talent on offense we do right now at positions where we've been starved of that in years past. And you know what I'm thinking? Whether it be the NFL or, or college football, you know what the dirty little secret is? 
There's transition every year. There <laughs> is, true. right? I mean, 25% of your team gets up and leave. It's your leaders, your vocal leaders, the guys that carry the team, that put the team on their back, and the guys that are the, the loudest guys in the room that command the most respect, and they're all gone. And there's a whole wave of guys that come in. And now even more so with the transfer portal. So whether it be college football or NFL, there's a change of team That's dynamic every year. That is very interesting you say that. I never really thought about that, Brad. But you make a great point because I remember, um, you know, when I was with the Giants, you know, Wellington Mara, the owner at the time, John Mara, obviously the current owner, uh, Wellington came in and said, look the guy on your left. This is, by the way, one of our non-playoff seasons. Look to the guy on your right. One of those guys is going to be gone. I mean, flat out told us. And that means that, you know, 33% gone in that in that off, in that that team meeting room. And... Um, now with the transfer portal in college, you make a good point because that's that's kind of what it is going on. The numbers aren't quite there, obviously, because you got a hundred guys or whatever it is. Um, and I think well, how many uh, how many transfers throw if we get 12, 15? Something yeah, like it's that. high. 15? It's double digits for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, but with 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 that many coming in, but, but at least guys are gone, leaving. right? So there, there's a change. There, in so there, there there is about a twenty percent, I bet. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, and it's, it's a sliding scale of what transition means for any given team, right? Like, same coaching staff, same playbook. Of course that helps. But, guys, I'm telling you, the team changes each and every year. No matter if you're the same quarterback or what, all the all the, the same fixtures you want to keep as similar as possible, but teams change. And, and that's why you look at a team and say, man, how could they possibly have not had success this year? It's all the same guys coming back. It's all the same scheme. It's not all the same guys. It's not the same scheme. It's different circumstances. It's different role players. It's different leaders. So everybody is in a state of transition on any given year. Yeah, that's, that, that last part, though, Brad, sorry to cut you no, off. No, you're good. But, but it, different players, different leaders, like that's going to be more prominent this year than ever, though, right? For sure. And I think that's what worries me about the high expectations is not only do you have new players, new leaders, you have a new offense, you have a new head coach, you have a new defense, everything's different. And I understand other schools are dealing with that, which I think is the point you're making, right? It's, it's still college football. You still only have guys for a few years. Um, the, the other part that makes me feel a little bit better about it is you get a ramp-up period, too, yes. right? Like, I, I, I don't think there's a shot in hell Wisconsin loses to Buffalo on September 2nd. Uh, we saw what happened last year against Washington State, but you play them week two. And week three, you got Georgia Southern. Mm-hmm. So hopefully when you when you visit Purdue on that Friday night game, uh, week four of the season, you're 3-0, and and you've worked out some of the kinks that maybe you weren't able to work out against a team like Purdue or a team like Michigan or a team like Ohio State or a team like Minnesota. You get to work out those kinks against what I view as lesser opponents, and hopefully you're, you've got the ball rolling really hot by week four against Purdue. Well, and it's Purdue and Rutgers. And then you hit a pretty pretty impressive buzzsaw with Iowa, Illinois, and Ohio State. Yeah. But you know what's an important factor in locker rooms, particularly with a new scheme? That's belief. If these guys can go out there and play well and basically have a, not a preseason, but games they should win the first month and a half and, and a belief in the system and, and each other has grown, that's a confidence level that should help them beat equal teams. Now, I don't think it'll help them beat Ohio State. But, you know, if Illinois is a similar opponent, if Iowa is a similar opponent, they should be perfectly set up to do that. Now, whether they do or not is yet to be seen. I have high, semi-high expectations for this team. I think they'll win the West, and I think they'll win nine or ten games. But they're set up exactly how they need to be set up. Think about game planning against this team, Derek. How would you game plan against this team? This would be so hard the first month to well, game plan. So you, you, you said one word. 
one word that just resonates with me, and, and it's what uh, Coach Alvarez, when he came in and turned this whole dang thing around, it's belief. Mm-hmm. And and these kids have it, and Coach Fickle and their staff, I, I, I see it in their eyes. I see it, I, I see it in their actions. I see how, they're, how they work. I mean, it. I'm telling you, um, Ohio State, prime time, I was going to bring that up next segment. Whoa. There. I, I'm, I'm telling what you. What are you? I'm, 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 hot take? I'm, I'm picking, no, that's not a hot take. Uh, that got reported today. Uh, what, Ohio State under the picking, lights. And, and, I'm picking, and I'm picking the upset on that one. I'm, I'm just telling you. Oh. That game's out for another five I, months. Hey, we got our first Coach Dixon. Kressel, I, in small world, somehow we played against each other in the state Minnesota State high school quarterfinals. Really? Yeah. We're the same age. We're all the same age. You and Mike Tressel? Yeah. yeah. Really? So we were talking about that at Badger Desert Classic, but then when I brought up the Ohio State game, and all of them, their eyes bug out of their head. Like, they are (laughs) lightning bolts. I'm telling you, they're going to be so dialed in. Like, you, you, those kids will be too. I mean, it trickles down. You know that, Brad. It does. Well, I mean, you look at it, and it's obviously a very different era even from when Brad played and from from when you played, Derek. But, like, the bat signal, the tweets Luke Fickle throws out when a recruit commits, right? And it's just like this buzz is all over the the billboards, right, all over the country about, about the Badgers. It's phenomenal. The buzz is high. We continue to talk Badger buzz after this, but I do want to talk about what Derek just brought up. October 28th, Ohio State visits Wisconsin. And reports say, as of today, it'll be played under the lights. A late-night Ohio State game coming to Camp Randall Stadium soon. We'll talk about that next. It's a special edition of the Great Dane Huddle. Alex Stroh, Brad Nortman, Derek Angler with you live from Gilda's Backyard Barbecue. It is the Great Dane Huddle. Dane Huddle rolls on live from Gilda's Backyard Barbecue, the 11th annual raising money against uh, for the fight against cancer. Such a great cause, such a great event, such a great evening for it too. It is just absolutely beautiful out here tonight. The beers are flowing. The uh, I see the the auction paddles, Brad Nortman. I see them everywhere. Alex, Rowe, Brad Nortman, Derek Angler, with you. I, I feel like we need to get one, or uh, maybe three. I guess we could do some damage with a with a paddle. Yeah, I mean, so, you just start like raising your hand, right? That, I feel like that is a thrilling environment. For I feel like sure. bad decisions, maybe, well, great decisions, great decisions made. given the cause. Yes, yes, but bad decisions for my bank account. Yes. That's because I'm I'm a, I'm a gambler. Me and Derek bond over this all the time during the football season about our losses slash our wins uh, from the weekend prior. But like, I love I love and, to gamble. And, and, and Tarek has all the answers. Yeah, and, of course and, he does. Doesn't put a coin. Yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. Has all the answers, yeah. but never puts a coin down. Yeah. Um, but. I mean, like if you if you gave me a paddle, I just feel like I'd, I'm so competitive, I'd, I'd spend everything in my bank account on, you know, whatever. Well, there's so. a, there's something about that environment, right, where it's like one person raises their paddle, another. You get into a little bit of a oh. war. There's a competitive environment that's created, and Angler, you almost turn you turn like animalistic. <laughs> I can't wait until Angler's like eight beers in, and he's just raising Man, his paddle for I've, every. I've gotten every... in trouble. I've gotten in trouble at some live auctions. Now. Yeah, I bet your wife loves <laughs> that. Oh huh? man, I, a, a Bahamas trip that we never took because <laughs> <laughs> of COVID. But at least our friends went. Uh, it was actually Travis Frederick. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Down at the Star. Uh, blocking out hunger, his his big uh, uh, event and and banquet and deal and the, the amount of respect that guy 
uh, had amongst his teammates. I mean, he had everybody there, from Witten to Dak to, to Zeke, you name it. Wow. They were all there. Um, raised a ton of money. But there was a Bahamas trip. Of course, they sold like three of them. Um, and it, it, we were supposed to, it was 19, I think, and we we're supposed to take it in 2020. Couldn't do it then. Went back. Oh, by the way, that third party that ran all those uh, experience-type live auctions went bankrupt. Oh. Another one, and I wiped my hands of that. At least it went to uh, Children's Hunger, you know. Came back, and another party took it over and said, well, we're going to honor all, all the, the winning bids, blah, blah, blah. So scheduled it in uh, January of 22 and got COVID a week before. So it didn't go. Oh, <laughs> oh man. So how am I that doing on life? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's okay. It's for charity. And that that's really what, when when you have that paddle in your hand, that's all you're thinking about. Right. It's you know, for a good cause. Yeah. You're thinking about, oh, that'd be fun, whatever the item might be. Or, you know, but it's for a good cause. Yeah. Exactly, Stro. It's for a good cause. That's why I'm spending my money. It's for a good cause, which you can do right here at Gilda's Club in Middleton for the Gilda's Backyard Barbecue. The party's rolling. The band's playing. I know the, the speeches and some of the auction items coming up about an hour from now. Uh, so we'll be here another couple hours just hanging out. But in the meantime, we're talking a little Badgers football. We got news earlier today reported that we will have Wisconsin-Ohio State on October 28th at Camp Randall Stadium under the lights. It'll be a nighttime kickoff national television. Uh, I am number one. I knew this was probably coming given the Mike Tressel, Luke Fickle, Ohio State background uh, and all the hype around Wisconsin. Obviously, Ohio State's the college football playoff team just about every year, it seems. But, uh, Derek, you, you made the profound proclamation last segment. You're going to see David Gilreath all over again. Wisconsin no. can upset Ohio State. We're going to see David uh, Gilreath. We're going to see... William for two touchdown passes. <laughs> oh. I, I'm just telling you, I I, I think um, it is going to be something different than what we've seen, or you know what Brad and I remember when we were competitive against Ohio State because we haven't been in in, in recent years. years. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So and they all talk about that, by the way. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. They all talk about that. Um, they all remember when Wisconsin, they hated playing us. That's no longer. They're going to hate playing us again because we, we are going to be back. And, and, and might, it's going to be different in the fact that I think, and I don't know this, but I think it is going to be an offensive like the rest of college football really has transformed to shootout. Yeah. And, and, and I truly believe that. Um, I think um, this, this staff knows the Buckeyes. Um, Absolutely. You know, which is a huge advantage for us, um, in particular offensively. Yeah, you know, defensively, it's going to be interesting personnel-wise of what we're going to do. You seem they, worried about that. Stop that. Are yeah. you worried about this defense? I don't know if that's the right word necessarily. Is, I don't know if worried is the right word. Um, I'm interested to see schematically how they line up this personnel. Yeah. It's going to be just way different than what Dave Aranda brought here with the three-four, right? Because um, we, you know, since that point, we've all we do is send linebackers to the league and they play on Sunday. Yeah, Kerbeg, another one, right? I mean, he just got drafted a couple months ago. I but mean, I, even, I'm just even Sanborn playing yeah, for the Bears absolutely. was undrafted, so undrafted, and he's going to be a starting linebacker this year, or at least one of their next men up, given some of the signings they've made. But I, I'm very curious to see what this offense or this defense, excuse me, not necessarily what they look against, uh, you know, Buffalo or Georgia Southern like, but when Iowa. When that game comes, a team that loves the ground and pound, 
right? Like, what does a three-three-five look like against a team that's going to run the ball eighty percent of the time, minimum, right? That, like, that's what I'm super interested in, in, in seeing. And I trust Mike Tressel. I've, I've gotten the opportunity to speak with him a few times. I think he's a really bright dude. I think he's a really solid coach. And obviously, he has the opportunity he has for a reason. But I'm just I'm fascinated to see what this doesn't really seem like your hard nose hitting Big Ten defense. You know, usually seems like right. Well, I agree. It doesn't seem like it at all. And that's I, I can understand your concern, Derek, because it's one of those things where we talk about where the team was and where it's going. And on the offensive side of the ball, you start to hear about all these changes, and you go, sign me up. That sounds great. But then you think about how great our defense has been, which part of me is like it's almost a shame we didn't do more with the great defenses we had. But oh. that's a side note. Absolutely. Um, it's like, well, wait a minute. We're changing our defense? Because our defense is pretty yeah, great. So yeah. we're taking something that was great. We're changing it. Is it still going to stay great? This is why it's important. Well, that's all where all the pressure is. Yeah. I mean, we all know the controversy that Jimmy Leonard wasn't retained. I mean, I mean I, we all know that he was offered a position, turned it down. You know, and, and I, I got to be honest with you. That's where all the pressure is. It's all on Mike Tressel's head because the bar has been set very high defensively at the University of Wisconsin. Yeah. Offense, God, you guys can do whatever you want, and we're going to be better. Defensively, that bar is high. And, you know, my, I guess not, my question is, how do you implement the personnel we have in that scheme? That's that's what I'm very curious about and how, and how that's going to operate and how that's going to operate against an Iowa or Minnesota, um, you know, that love to still run the rock, you know, and, and they, you know, can 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 we get back into 3-4? I don't know. Can we? Um, you know, the hurry-up offense. If we're up by two touchdowns, can we get back in the four-minute offense? Like old school. Derek, you know whose opinion I'm really curious about this on? That guy right there. Your former head coach, Barry Alvarez. Coach Alvarez, I believe, will join us next live from Gilda's Backyard Barbecue. It is a special edition of the Great Dane Huddle. It is a special Thursday edition of the Great Day and Huddle Live from Gilda's Backyard Barbecue, the 11th annual edition here at Gilda's Club in Middleton. I'm Alex Strofe alongside two former Badgers, Brad Nortman and Derek Angler. And uh, as always, thrilled to now be joined by the Don of Wisconsin Athletics, the, the great head coach and former athletic director, Barry Alvarez, joins us now at Gilda's Backyard Barbecue. And, and Barry, I know this event is so special to you and your wife. You've been long time involved. Just talk about what goes into this and, and, and what makes it such a great cause and why you're so passionate about yeah, it. Yeah, you know what? Um, years ago, we were looking for a charity to, to, to be involved in. You know, so many people come at you and so many different things. And, and Cindy, uh, probably a few years before this, this was open, said, you know what? I'm going to find a charity. We had been in Arizona, and, and we saw Lou Olson and his wife, Bobby, who we knew when we were at Iowa. And they were talking about their charity there in, in Arizona. And Cindy said, we've got to find our own charity. And she came and said to me one day, you know, I found the right charity. Uh, it's Gilda's Club. For those people, it's, it's a charity. It's a club where people, anyone touched by cancer is supported. And so, you know, Cindy's the one that built this place. 
you know, fact be known, she's the one that got the land. And I was talking to the Livesey's about being getting involved with Ruth Chris, and she hit them up for the property here, <laughs> and 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 really went out and hustled and raised a lot of money and had been involved. But she's the one that was uh, the motivation and and had the hard work and raised the money to get this started years ago. Yeah, and it's amazing. We're out here every year in Derrick. There's a reason she's emeritus. Yeah, true that. Yeah, true that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go ahead. No, I was just going to echo what Coach was saying. And, um, you know, to see what, what my coach and his wife uh, did here. And, and Tark and I would come out years and years ago, and we'd do ESPN and do a radio show out here. And, and uh, you know, I started to see how the impact, and later they'll, they'll speak, and, and some of the families will, and before the auction, and raise the money. Um, you know, just how grateful the families were to have a facility like this. Yep. I mean, it is beautiful. I mean, it's comfortable. It is, uh, you know, in, in, in those times when families need it the most, uh, it, you know, it just, I don't know, it impacted me and, and something that my wife and I have been um, a part of and contrib contributing to. And, um, you know, I, I think it's just great that, uh, you know, Coach and, and Cindy got involved many, many, many years ago. Yeah. Gilda's, and, go ahead. And, and for those who don't know what Gilda's Club is, you know, we don't we don't house anyone here. It's a place where those touched right. by cancer, right? Whether you have cancer, whether it be someone in your family, it may be a uh, a youngster whose whose mom is has cancer, and all of a sudden he doesn't understand why his mother shows up and she doesn't have any hair. Mm -hmm. And and so they come out here, and there are support programs for them to explain all that to them and help them get through that process. So it's it's something uh, for anyone who has is touched with cancer uh it's, it's a way to have some type of support absolutely barry alvarez with us here on the great date huddle alex strofe Derek engler brad nortman with you barry i'd be uh, i'd be remiss if i didn't ask you about a little football i, I know it's been uh, quite the uh I, I don't mean this in a negative way but loud off season right for the wisconsin football program with the addition of luke fickle um, I know you called this a home run hire at the time it happened, right. and you, you view Luke Fickle as one of the top uh, coaches in college football in the game today. But all, all the reaction, right, that the recruits committing uh, over the over the course of the last few months, all the all the noise, and again, I don't mean that in a negative way, but what's yeah. your reaction to yeah. this? I think it's good. I think uh, our, our people like the excitement. They like the energy within the program. You know, the fact that Luke had some players from Cincinnati now, He's not going to bring something from Cincinnati here that can't play. <laughs> you know, and, and you look look at some of the players that last year were drafted and went in as, and, and, and were effective in the NFL from Cincinnati as, as true rookies. So his Cincinnati players, the transfers that are coming in, the recruiting class, I think they went out and really hit it hard. It's a very aggressive staff. Um, I'm excited. I You know, I wasn't in town. Uh, for the spring game, so I, I haven't seen I haven't seen him practice. A lot of new players. Uh, I, I've known Luke a long time. I remember playing against him. Angler still gives me hell because we, <laughs> we, we didn't run a sneak on him. <laughs> and, and, so I know I've known him for a long time and, and watched him from afar. And, and what he did at Cincinnati is big time. You know, taking that the first non. Uh, Power five, power five team into the playoffs, and uh, so he knows what it takes to win. What type of player it takes, and at Cincinnati they don't have any five stars. They're coaching the heck out of them. So 
I'm really excited about the future of our program. Coach, with what Coach Fickle is going through this year, it's a lot of firsts, it's a lot of welcome to Wisconsin, but the program he's taking over, very different from the program you took over in 1990. I'm curious, what do you remember about your first season as the Wisconsin well, head coach? You know, uh, what do you remember most? Half of them can't play. Yeah. <laughs> Not half. <laughs> we had, we, you know, and this is no, you know, I, we, we didn't have a lot of Big Ten players that we inherited. And uh, and you start practicing. I, I just come from Notre Dame. We just won 25 in a row, you know, and to a national championship. It should have been two in a row uh, and, and eight straight bowl games at Iowa. So, you know, I, I'd come from winning. And, and uh, so I came and, you know, you just get thinking, you just coach them hard and everything's going to work out. But if you don't have players, you, you, you can't get it done. So, uh, I was fortunate. You know, we saw right away that we didn't have a Big Ten caliber team, but our guys, particularly on defense, really played hard. And I knew the last game our first year that we had the players. We weren't, you know, we, we had won one game, beat a good Ball State team. <laughs> <laughs> they were a good road team. <laughs> That's our only win. We're playing a good Michigan State team up there. They've got their bowl game locked up. We have nothing to play for, and our guys played their fannies off. They really did. So I knew I had the team, and I hired a good staff. I hired guys that could go out and recruit. And the first recruiting class, we, you know, I, I was hired after we played. I was at Notre Dame right after the Rose Bowl or Orange Bowl. After I got here probably like January 2nd or 3rd. Had to hire staff and get out on the road and recruit, and you basically have three weeks. And that class that we recruited took us to the Rose Bowl, right? You know, three years later, and and, and so uh, we knew we just needed a little time. We needed to get to restock the players. Mm -hmm. There just weren't enough Big Ten players on campus, but we were able to do that and get competitive quick. Coach, I got to ask you. You know, um, obviously, good friend, former teammate of mine. Um, you mentored him. You know, Chris McIntosh and, and what he's done in the short amount of time uh, obviously uh, was not easy, and those decisions were not easy. Um, you know, the, the hockey uh, tradition and program that, that at the University of Wisconsin is, is well known and it has fallen off. And, of course, we know uh, where we were uh, trending football-wise uh, and that he had to make a decision. And um, what are your thoughts? Because, you know, we – Mac is, um, you know, we're, we, we, we all, all your players took principles, uh, you know, that you taught us uh, as a foundation and, and how we had success in whatever career, whatever we were doing in life. Um, but you also were around him daily for five years, six years, something like that, and, and truly mentoring him what it meant to run an athletic department and the business behind it. And it, it, it is a business. Um, but there are certain priorities you have to put in order. Uh, Max is a very smart guy. Uh, University of Wisconsin means a lot to him. Uh, th those are things that are important to me, the loyalty. Uh, he saw the culture that I had built there, starting with the football program and then going throughout the entire athletic department. He understood it. Uh, he knew what it take to, took to win. And... Uh, and put a lot of thought into things. He just didn't make snap judgments 
and, and do that. But he put a lot of thought into to the decisions he made. I thought they were good decisions and uh, decisions that got him on the right track. They weren't easy decisions, but they're decisions that he had to make and had to make a move. And a lot of guys don't have that courage and backbone to take a little heat along with it, but uh, he did. And uh, I'm proud of him. I think he's doing a great job. Barry Alvarez with us here on the Great Day in Huddle. Alex Stroke, Brad Nortman, Derek Angler live at Gilda's Backyard Barbecue. Coach, I'm curious on your thoughts on something a little wacky, which is uh, this Friday night game against Purdue. The Badgers playing at Purdue on a Friday night, and then two-parter, home and home with Alabama starting in 2024. What do you make of What do you make of those two? Well, the Alabama game, I was the one that scheduled it. Um, you know, I think I think you have to do those type things. You bring in premier and quality uh, name teams from around the country. Our fans want to see that. Our players want to play in big games so you make a big game here and i think it's a great experience to go see i never played at alabama i've never been at tennessee you know we i played when i was at nebraska as a player we played them in bowl games we played southeast conference teams in bowl games but i've never been on their campus i like to see that i like to compare them to what it's like compared to michigan ohio state and penn state places like that the 100 seat stadiums we have in our league and it allows our guys to measure up. I mean, hell, we think we're big time. Let's go play the big boys. And this, this is this is how you make a name for yourself. When when LSU came in here, you know, you go up and whack LSU up in in, in Lambeau. Man, that put us on the map. Nothing's changed in 30 years. I'm gonna tell you, uh, it was Michigan, it was Ohio State, and it was Penn State. That's who. Well, if you want to yeah, win, I mean, yeah. the axe was nice. But we, we want we want the conference. If and you that's want to win coach, the league, yeah. if you want to win, I told him when I told my staff when I came in, we got to recruit to beat Ohio State and Michigan. Penn State wasn't in the league right initially. We've got to beat those two guys. How are we going to do that? Look at all these big palookas we have in Wisconsin. Let's start with the linemen. Let's get the linemen, guys that are physical and knock the hell out of people, and go get some running back. We'll, we'll start with the running game. We can shorten the game, play field position, get a good punter. Right. <laughs> Don't forget about the punter, Coach. Don't forget hey, about I'm it. I'm giving you a little love. <laughs> Thank I'm you. giving you a little love. Yeah. That's rare. Yeah, that's right. I don't give that's kickers right. much love. No, I'm especially in general. <laughs> you know, so much of our, our experience, whether it be coaching or playing, it's characterized by particular games, right? Earlier we were talking about Rose Bowl, Super Bowl. To Derek's defense, he would not change his uh, Rose Bowl victory for a Super Bowl victory. I didn't get a chance to do exchange either. But it got me thinking, if there's a game in your entire career, what game would you like to relive? Coach? Well, yeah, whatever, whatever role. Relive or the one I enjoyed the most. However, you want to answer it. Well, relive. I'd want to relive one that I lost that should have won. Okay, that's fair. That's you know, I got a couple of those that oh, I had to lose, run a goddamn sneak <laughs> <laughs> in two games in my career. I think about that all the time. That had a couple more wins <laughs> instead of getting cute. You know? But uh, you know, and, and you know, that first Rose Bowl was pretty special. You go there and. You know, our, our state was so fired up, our alums were so fired up, and you show up in, in, in Pasadena and the stadium is three-quarters red. You know, you see those pictures, the stadium, the the, the, the view the, of uh, the pictures of the Rose Bowl, and you look at it, they're, they're UCLA's, uh, their student section, their card section, three-fourths of it was red. They scalped their tickets, our people swooped them. <laughs> you know, so... Uh, that, that was really special. And then for our guys not to be overwhelmed in your first Rose Bowl, which most people are. Mm -hmm. you know, I went out there uh, a couple times with Iowa 
first time we were overwhelmed. We were just, our guys were wide-eyed. And, you know, we we're still playing. I don't think we'd score. Well, that that was truly the all the approach that Coach Alvarez and his staff, um, you know, because we could have easily been overwhelmed, easily. Um, but the approach, it's to the to the tiniest detail. Everything you do and everything we did was a competition off the field, like we were talking about earlier. Uh, the Lowry's Beef Bowl, we weren't losing that to UCLA. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. I think I had four prime ribs myself. You know, and, and you know, I, I think to be able to to go into that and run out of that tunnel and see 80,000 Badger fans at UCLA's home stadium and not to be overcome by that, but to have the confidence that we're, we're, we're going to kick their ass and we're going to win this ball game. I think we lost two guys in the in the interim. And, and I mean, yeah. I mean two of our better player, offensive players. Yeah, yeah, you know, because that, that's how – that's how feisty it got. They got feisty before in pregame. <laughs> yeah, they. Can you believe this? Guys in powder blue jerseys are going to try to come over through our warmups and, Literally. and try to intimidate our knuckleheads. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't going to happen. I mean, I mean, our old line coach was about five foot eight, and he was chas- the DBs came right through the old line, and and he was ready to go chase him. I'm not kidding you. I mean, it, yeah, it, they, it, they thought for some reason they they, they could intimidate. <laughs> and then there were, there were a couple jersey guys. Who didn't like it? Was that were friends, not friends, acquaintances and high school rivals. That's right. To guys on our team, Lee Duramus and and some of those guys, yep. and, and uh, they they were going to start fighting before the game. Well, start fighting before the game. We got that settled, and then we the fight breaks out. We we're getting ready. I put the game away. We had a fourth and one, and they were offside. They didn't call it, and then we started fighting afterwards. And, we lose, we lose Montgomery starting fullback and yep. our best receiver. And Lee. <laughs> I could listen to you two guys talk all night, but I know Barry's got other things to do here at Gilda's Backyard Barbecue. Coach, it's always a pleasure catching up with you. We really appreciate you taking My the time. My pleasure. And thanks for you guys coming out here. Appreciate it. We love Thank doing you. it thanks, every coach. year. Right, awesome guys. Appreciate it. We will wrap up the show after this. Some reaction to Coach Alvarez coming up next. It is the Great Dane Huddle live from Gilda's Backyard Barbecue. It's breaking up my bones. I want to lie, but I don't want to try. Wrapping up a special edition of the Great Day and Huddle Live from Gilda's Club in Middleton for Gilda's Backyard Barbecue, the 11th annual, raising money to help families in the fight against cancer. I'm Alex Strofe alongside two former Badgers. Brad Nortman played at Wisconsin when Barry Alvarez was the athletic director. Derek Engler played at Wisconsin when Barry Alvarez was his head coach. So I want to start with you, Brad, because you never you never played for Barry like Derek did mm-hmm. during his time at Wisconsin. But listening to his takeaways of Luke Fickle and some of the stories he was telling, what's, what's your takeaway from our conversation with Coach Alvarez? Man, how lucky are we that Coach Alvarez took the job back in 1990? I mean, the guy just has a presence. He's so enjoyable to be around. He's so confident. He's so... Um, He's so personable. I remember when he would show up at practice. So Coach Bielema was our head coach. But Coach Bielema and Coach Alvarez had a close relationship. I know that they were involved a little bit. Once a year, Coach Alvarez would speak to our team. And let me tell you, when he did, a, you could hear a pin drop. You absolutely yeah. could. And then me and, my, and the backup punter, one of my really good buddies, um, 
we, it was like he was a senior, I was a junior. We're like, we don't, we need to go to Barry's office, and we just need to like talk to him, introduce ourselves, whatever. So we sat with Barry for like 15, 20 minutes. One story I remember, just to tell it really quickly. We were talking to him, we we're talking to him, and he's telling us about how when they had Dane for like games on end, they would just run the same run play over and over and over again. And I was like, Coach, but wouldn't they know it's coming? They did. And he said, <laughs> he's like, yeah, they know it's coming, but you still have to stop it. And I was just like, whoa, what a what a stud answer. Yeah, yeah. so badass. I mean, just he, he is everything that we strive to have college football and the Wisconsin football be. And how lucky are we that he was able to sit down with us and share those stories because he has a wealth of them. I could listen to it all day, as you said. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I heard, well, actually, I didn't hear. I mean, you know, I was told directly from from kind of the face of college football analyst Kirk Herbstreit. Uh, we were at a destination spot with several, you know, wheels up people, coach, so on and so forth, and and um, and Tarek and I were there, and and you know we're just we're just hanging out with coach like normal, and we're shooting the you know having fun, telling war stories, this and that, and Herbie goes to me, he's like, he's like, D, he's like, what? This is I can't imagine having this type of relationship with my former head coach John Cooper. Like I, I don't even know what this is. This is crazy. How special is this? And that, that really tells you all about Coach Alvarez, um, and the relationships he had with his players. Not only during, you know, when they played for him, but after. You know, we're talking. This is 30 years ago now. You know, from the Rose Bowl. That's where we're at. And uh, you know, we're he's like another father to me. Um, you know, he's been a mentor in, in a lot of respects, uh, post-career, uh, and, um, you know, it, it just, it's really a, I don't know how to explain it, really, the feeling that you have and the connection that you have with your former college head football coach goes way beyond just that, is pretty special. Absolutely, and, you know, with, with Coach Alvarez, it's his attributes that he brings to the table, which he instilled in our the Wisconsin football program, I hope we never lose that. I hope we never get away from it. When he talks, people listen. And when and when he talks about toughness, and I mean, to talk about a game, i like, Coach, what game do you want to relive? And he talks, the, the ones that come up are the ones that he wants to win. Just that competitive fire. He's still got it. It's so cool to see. And I just, I, I love even one minute that I, I think, can spend listening to I him. Think, um, I think Mac, obviously, cut of the cloth, played for Coach Alvarez. Hired a guy that is on the same page. Um, I, I, I could get into details and in some of the conversations we had in, in, at the Badger Desert Classic, but uh, reminded me a lot of uh, if it would have been Coach Alvarez saying the same thing 30 years prior. Well, um, um, so you know, I mean, it, it's it's that's what fires me up, guys. I'll, I'll tell you what. I mean, you you uh, you mentioned Chris McIntosh, and I was glad you brought him up with with Coach because. The guy's got the cojones, like like Barry did during his tenure as a head coach and the. But they're AD, completely right? different people. Totally, completely but, different, different styles, different different, you know. But that being said, Mac took a lot from Coach Alvarez. Absolutely, at a very influential age in his early twenties and playing, you know, big time college football and winning two Rose Bowls and being a captain and so on and so forth, uh, and been in that office with him many a times at a young as a young man. Uh, and then to go five, six years, whatever it was, mentoring him and understanding the business of the athletic department. Um, you know, I, you know, Mac is different, but 
he carries a lot of Coach Alvey's principles. God, sure. I, I love this event. I love coming out here in Angler. I, I miss talking football with you every <laughs> every week, my kind of friend, as we yeah. discussed earlier in the show. But Hey, you buy me a cigar. We'll be great friends. All right, I, I, well, I can make that happen. I promise you that. Derek Angler, Brad Nortman, Alex Strove from Gilda's Backyard Barbecue. This has been the Great Dane Huddle. Joe and Amber coming up next on ESPN Madison.